Not being one of the big boys in investing quite yet, aka the accredited investor in the eyes of the SEC, it's tough to find good options for investing. But then I started investing in the American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP Fund, which is crowdfunding the mortgage crisis in America. The fund collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when they approached me to become an advertiser of the company. You can start investing with as little as 100 bucks, and if you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email to lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. On this week's edition of Simple Passive Cashflow, you guys are going to listen to Al Williamson, who used to be an engineer. So it's kind of cool talking to an engineer, but definitely split off into his own thing of short-term rentals. Now, I'm not a big fan of short-term rentals, but he's found a way to make it work. The reason why I like short-term rentals, sort of in my tribe, are a lot of investors are looking to get the real estate professional status. But as we know, to be able to write off your passive losses on your high W-2 income, you're going to need to pass the 750-hour active participation role. And now there's, I'm not going to give you any legal advice or CPA advice here, but one of these ways that I found other people are doing it is getting a nice little short-term rental that keeps them busy on paper in terms of hours. And those of you guys still looking for turnkey rentals out there, check out my master guide at simplepassivecashflow.com slash turnkey and fill up the form there. Let me know where you're looking to invest and maybe I might have a referral for you out there. And those of you looking to jump to syndication to private placements, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash syndication. I usually make updates in there at least every other week. So if you haven't checked it out in the last few months, go and reread it and share it with your friends. And here's a show. What's up, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners? Want to announce the first multi-day Hui Mastermind in Hawaii. We'll be holding it on my island of Oahu. That's where Honolulu is on President's Day 2020. And that's February 14th to 17th. Structured networking and masterminding with existing Hui investors and other affluent investors. We're going to create the time and the environment to build real relationships that you can take forward forever. And uh, for you A students out there, we'll be, even be doing a full day of networking and mastermind and education. So once again, bring your families. Uh, we're going to have optional excursions such as a luau, happy hours, dinners, and some other activities um, to be able to have fun in the sun. And um, you know, space is extremely limited because my vision is to kind of create this as a more of an intimate environment where uh, we're all one big little Mohana here. Um, so come and combine business and pleasure in a little tax write-off. But um, hope to see you out in Hawaii. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash hui3. And we'll see you guys here. Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners, today got Al Williamson here. We are going to be talking all about short-term rentals. How are you doing, Al? I'm doing great, Lane. Yeah, so for you guys who haven't heard of Al, he used to be a professional engineer, just like me, but <laughs> he quit his job what, a couple of years ago. A couple of years, yeah. When yeah. I turned 50, that was it. So you began investing in 1996. I know, and, a long um, time ago. Yeah, we started with that eight unit. You've been doing this for probably about, I would say like, Five or six years? Yeah, that's kind of that's pretty much when I started with these short-term rentals and Airbnb type of thing. It's 2011, 2012. Yeah, I was just 
just trying to collect ideas on money making. And I was in San Francisco, Airbnb was taken off and I happened to have a housing allowance because I was doing some engineering and a nice per diem. So what the heck? Right. That housing allowance, that was pretty much what you built your business around or a good portion of it over that short term corporate rental. Well, that's the other end of it. So I was a user at that time. And of course, I owned some property that I was dabbling in. I didn't want to go full blown Airbnb because I didn't want to do the cookies and carry the luggage, the customer service part. I wasn't going to do that. So it's not until 2015 when they came out with that business travel ready, the strategy to go after business travelers, did I say, okay, this is something that I can recommend to landlords and this is something that that I can do. So you picked up that eight unit in the Bay Area. And at that point, what year was that? That's 2002. And that's in Sacramento, a couple hours from the Bay, actually an hour and a half. I love going down there. Different, but as you can imagine, the prices are quite a bit different as soon as you get away from San Francisco. Prices come back down. Right. And then did you consider going out of state or being up a turnkey rental? How did you connect the dotted line to where you are now? So I bought this apartment building in 2002, and it was in a troubled neighborhood that was trying to get back on its feet. So I actually did a lot of work, tried to exercise a lot of leadership and advocacy for the neighborhood and got it so that's a nice neighborhood now. So that's where it is. And then as it got safer, I could start doing short-term rentals. So I fired that up, half the building's short-term rentals or extended stay rentals, I like to say. And that spun off so much cash flow, I don't really need to go anywhere out of state. I have it right here at home. And being a control freak, it works for me. Right. I think a lot of us are sort of the same. We're both engineers trying to figure out how to make money, right? That's it. Uh, kind of the mistakes in starting my podcast is I kind of just fit everybody into this turnkey rental mode. And then obviously, as I got 11 of them, I realized it wasn't very scalable, kind of backed off that. But just pulling people in my Facebook group, that if people want to join the free group, you can go and find that on the website. But there are a whole bunch of people, especially from the Bay Area or Hawaii, that want to learn how to make money too and very interested in this. But maybe talk about, so we don't leave anybody behind, talking about VRBO, Airbnb, whatever platform or Kind of working on. Okay, this is a good conversation. I think you'll appreciate this, but Airbnb and VRBO, let's call it a, just one planet in a vast solar system. The gravitational pull on this whole world of Airbnb is so strong that people never leave it. And it grows with that red ocean, blue ocean type of thing. There's right. competition is getting increasingly stiff, especially within the Bay Area. More people are jumping on, trying to make ends meet. So I use that as a safety net to fall back on. It's not where I stay. I tell people I coach that Airbnb is the minimum wage job into the corporate housing world. So I continue up the ladder all the way to build relationships directly with companies and cut Airbnb and and VRBO completely out. So I am out into different planets. I use my main source of traffic is Facebook Messenger and also lots of word of mouth, things like that. So there's a very, very big world and Airbnb is near their artificial intelligence. All their internet SEO marketing is great. And it's so great that you should use it as a backup and keep trying different things. Other things you'll find are much more lucrative. Yeah, a couple of examples that come to mind is like Amazon, for example, probably the most magnetic brand out there. And all the Amazon fulfillment guys, they're always saying they need to build their own website, their own brands to pull people off the platform. For us commercial real estate investors, LoopNet, for example, is a place where deals go to die, but they say it's a good place to go and find hungry brokers. There you go. So it's kind of the same concept, right? That's it. Just one off. And most people 
people won't do that. What I find is just most people don't want to leave their computers. They will never go to a business and talk to the office manager and show that business that's bringing people all the time to the city. They'll never help them save money. Is a really simple, very high value proposition. Give your employees more for less and they're going to be more energized to work every day. So are you working more on like the traditional vacation, Airbnb, VRBO? So I position myself in the category of not sharing. It's a standalone unit. And then I say the world is built into either people are tourists or they're travelers. And I only focus on travelers. I leave all the tourists alone. And then those those travelers either are going to be staying for less than 30 days or longer than 30 days, depending on what their assignments are. Also, housing allowances, too. So I look for travelers who have housing allowances and who are staying longer than 30 days. That's where I focus. All strategical positioning. You can make money all over the place in each one. But I do recommend people figure out what's best for your location and dominate that. And if your market is crowded, then reposition yourself, position yourself for a different flavor, just like short-term hotels. You got Motel 6 and you got higher-end Marriott's, right? They segmented themselves. So that's why I recommend people do for, if they're interested in that whole world of short-term rentals, you got to segment yourself out so that you can compete and actually find a spot to dominate. Right. Like if you're an apartment investor, do you do a high value add? Do you do low value add? Are you in Dallas? Are you in the South or in the Gulf? That's it. I was always frustrated by the numerous investing education programs out there who gouge their investors, charging them $5,000, 10000 dollars even $40,000. I don't know about you, but I thought it was completely wrong when they tricked people, actually had them call their credit card providers to get a credit line increase to pay for the program. Many of these people could not afford these expensive coaching options and should have used it as a down payment for the first investment. If someone only had 20 grand, they should use that to buy a rental to get started. Let me make one thing clear. Our mastermind is not for you if you're broke. It's a cost-effective way to mitigate mistakes when building your portfolio. People in this group are going to be a pre-selected population of professionals and high net worth individuals. You'll be a good in company. That is after you apply and get in at simplepassivecashflow.com backslash journey. And yeah, if you're lonely and struggle to find motivated friends who want to do more than sit at their W-2 jobs, collecting a paycheck, then go home and watch Netflix all day because all they can afford is $8.99 a month on their digital entertainment budget, then this is a place for you too. Simplepassacashflow.com backslash journey to learn more. So you said like, I remember when in my time in corporate America, traveling around on the corporate dime, I actually didn't even care what I paid as long as they had that voucher that company was paying for it. How do you as sort of the landlord or the investor position yourself to get that free money? Well, just like you know, your per diem was based on the GSA, Government Service Administration, depending on what type of contract you have. So using that same knowledge, you know, depending on what type of assignment, I was working on bridges, overseeing bridge construction. So that's an eight-month project. So other project managing engineers, I know what their budget is. And anyone who's on a prevailing wage contract, you know what their budget is. So you simply set your max so that they can pocket money. If they can pocket that tax-free money, then there's a huge incentive. You don't need much more than that. And if people can do that and have a nicer place or equivalent place to a hotel, it's not hard to get them to come over your way. It's no joke. I mean, when I was traveling 100% for work, there were some crazy like Holiday Inn Express. You stayed there over like 150 nights. You got 100,000 bonus points. You could buy like a $1,000 gift card. Or you can just pocket 1500 yeah. by 
staying with somewhere else, you know? Right, right. How do you get those people to come to you or their brokers that connect these busy W-2 workers or contractors to someone like yourself? Well, there are some brokers for similar to Airbnb for like traveling healthcare professionals, which is very popular. There are brokers for that. I particularly like to use a breadcrumb trail. That's why I recommend people do. If they're trying to figure out how to do this. I call it breadcrumbs, which is you put your site on Airbnb, your furnished rental, and you see who comes to town. And then from there, you start working your way backwards to the company that brought them to town. So how are you positioning yourself to get these calls from these brokers? Is it Google search or? Oh, yep. Absolutely. So it's all of the above. As you know, with networking, you're kind of accelerating serendipity by trying to get out there. And just how network happens, people will refer you, especially if they like you and they know someone. In my case, people are looking for extended stays. People are looking for 30 days and longer. They know someone at their office is doing that as a project starting up and they'll simply refer you. And then getting to office managers and people on HR, they love to be able to tell their boss how much they're saving or they found a savings. This really is a, a triple win because the guests win because they got something nicer and they're actually saving some money themselves. They're able to pocket some money and the company wins because they pay less out and then you win because you get higher margin on your properties or someone else's property. So it's very sustainable feels really really good way of making money as you can tell i'm a fan right and to your point in the mindset of that w-2 worker we all know w-2 workers they just want the easy way so if you can find them and do their work for them that they look good that's really all they care for and they keep going back to it they're not really inclined to go find the best value because hey it's not their money that's right that's right and if we're going to nerd out on this we know that sometimes some contracts you have to show receipts and some contracts give you a housing allowance. If you have to show receipts, you can't pocket money at all. There's no benefit. That's the cream of the crop, those guys, because you can just give them some other things that they're interested in. It might be a cable channel or whatever, and, and they'll give you their full per diem, no problem. And I think a lot of people listening on this podcast are high-paid professionals. They may have to just reach over, go down a floor, go up a floor to that HR department and talk to somebody there and kind of learn how they do it internally in their own companies. Pretty much similar to how it's done across many companies. Yep, that's it. And as you know, you can write your invoices. Sometimes it's invoices. Deal with the accounting departments. With that mindset, I always adjusted my short-term rentals so that I lined up with the accounting department. So and some people, I send invoices with their codes and their project numbers on it just to make things seamless, frictionless. Is there a certain person that like a job title you're looking for? I'm thinking maybe you can go on LinkedIn and just do one of those searches just for that job title. Have you ever tried that? Oh, yeah. But it's all over the place, really. Some people have housing relocation specialists and smaller companies don't have that. Smaller companies have the mom of the office, right? The office manager who knows where everything is and keeps everybody's secrets and checks everyone's receipts. And you can find them on LinkedIn as well. So you mentioned you use a lot of Facebook Messenger. Are you just messaging like, hey, man, I have a long-term rental. Are you interested? At first, I was going after some traveling nurses. So I was using Facebook Messenger. And now at this point, because I've been doing this for a while, most people are inquiring. So I'm having real conversations with them, talking to them directly. So it's a lot of inbound Facebook messages for me. Oftentimes, people are worried about being scammed. That's a big draw, putting my face out there, talking to them like a person. I do everything that a larger hotel chain will not do. This is very intriguing, I think, for the guy who's got a busy job and maybe they just want a little side gig that they can do at lunch they can get on their phone peer to peer message who would they be reaching out to are they going on linkedin seeing who the decision makers are and finding them on facebook well that's just one way so there's all these online strategies that we're bringing up but there's also 
the neighbor on the other side of the cubicle talking to them. And most people, if you have a lot of high earners or corporate people, just in their circle, just a quick blast on their Facebook group will turn up three or four leads right there. It is far more than just relying on the, the VRBO, Airbnb. And also you can do it offline as well. All you need is really a couple of companies and, and that'll keep you filled if you serve them well. Right, right. And I think what I like about the strategy is you can build up over time and you start to build that book of business, you know, the referrals. That's it. So what are your thoughts on a lot of the law changes? I know in Hawaii, it's very against this because it's pushing up a lot of the prices of just the normal local homeowners. What do you think on your front in the Bay Area? in other places. I always like the diagram. I nerd out on that. You know, for example, Hawaii, you have to be a residence, right? To have a short-term rental. That's some of the ordinance that they came out with. You have to live there on the island. And in the Bay Area, they have uh, laws for tourists, which is less than 30 days. They call those guys transients. And as soon as you go over 30 days, you're just doing regular month-to-month rentals. So that's another reason I position myself out there in the 30 days and longer because you're really following landlord-tenant laws and those hardly ever change. And you can do a little bit of both, right? Absolutely. You ever see the example of you drop these large rocks into a jar first and then you fill it with sand? So that's exactly what we do. You try to get these longer-term stays in there and then you can use short stays to fill in the gaps. I guess the last question I had here was you mentor a lot of these landlords all over the country. What's one thing that you've seen that people are doing that that you can point out and saying that guy's not going to be successful? What's something that's a trait or something these guys do that will lead them to success? So of course, photos. I think everyone really knows that, but that's the number one. That's the big elephant. If you have lousy photos, forget it. You're going to be beat out all the time or you're going to have to keep lowering your prices to get someone interested in you. The next thing I see is people over-decorate and they're just being a great host and they're collecting great reviews and they're not making any profit at the end of the day. There's no net income because they spend it all in decorations and gadgets and things like that. So that's it. You operate as a business owner is completely different than operating as a great Airbnb host. It's two separate things altogether. So I got some other questions here, just not really investment oriented, but you know, I use Airbnb a lot. And now that I don't have a job, I wanted to go spend some long terms here or there, not really as a tourist, but just to be in a different place like Japan, Texas, for example, what sites should I check out? Or how do I find people like yourself who are cheaper than going on Airbnb or VRBO for 30 days? What are some tips you have for me? Now I'm not cheaper, (laughs) but I hear what you're saying. I would start with Airbnb because they have the massive reach. They're in 191 countries, almost in twice as many countries as the Marriott. And they're doing more transactions, twice the number of transactions as the Marriott. So they're doing more transactions than the top three hotel chains combined put together. So you definitely want to go through Airbnb. They have the interface. It's not easy and not everyone's always organized as well. I call it an inefficient marketplace when you're going for these 30 days and longer. It's not efficient. You have to, if you're going to be digital nomad, they have their own community. If that's what you're thinking about being kind of roaming around. And also word of mouth is pretty strong if you're looking for the deals. And everyone has their different cultures. Some people will like to work collaboratively like a co-working location in Thailand or something like that where you want to live, work with other travelers who want to do the same thing, just travel and work. And then there's people who want their own spot. There's completely different cultures in there. That's a tricky question because you're opening up a lot. There's so much there because more and more people, because of cloud computing and all this mobile technology, we don't really need to be in the office anymore. Even if you're holding your 95 job, if you can be productive, you kind of 
follow that Tim Ferriss four-hour work week, teaching people how to work remotely. You really can do that from just about anywhere as long as you have an internet connection. I mean, I've been kind of waking up early, working, going to lunchtime, working out, but then I kind of burn out at two o'clock to five o'clock. I'd like to go travel during that time, but that's kind of my appeal to it. What's the difference between Airbnb and VRBO? Are they pretty much the same? It's a different group of folks. You know, VRBO has been around for a while and it's kind of the older folks, but that's quickly changing. There's the older folks kind of who were looking for a longer stay. That used to be the case, but now these whole baby boomers are one of the fastest growing host groups in Airbnb. So that's evening out. Airbnb definitely has the interface advantage and VRBO tries to catch up with them. It is almost like Apple and IBM. They do the same thing, but some people have their own biases against one or the other. Yeah, what's your contact for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, they can email me. It's probably the best. It's al at leadinglandlord.com. And I'm on Facebook, of course, Leading Landlord on Facebook as well. Yeah, and I'm going to be opening up a passive cash flow group for just short-term rentals. And Al, if you don't mind, maybe in the next month or two, we'll have you come on to a live session for folks. I'm not a big fan of short-term rentals, but I put it out there and there are like a couple dozen guys who are interested. So I guess there's the demand for it. And I've kind of realized that just give investors what they want. Everybody's different, right? Yeah, everyone's different. And also there's different ways of playing. You can be passive on the funding short-term rentals, or you can be active on the assembling people who want to be passive and have part of the business too. So there's lots of ways of playing it. I'll put together a show notes page for this podcast. I'll get out or give me some goodies to throw in there later on you guys can go back to the website and make sure you guys sign up for the Build pipeline club and if you guys want my free e version of my book it's also there if you just go to the front page scroll all the way down the bottom of the page but um thanks al for coming on yeah really insightful hey thanks lane This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.